0: Hi guys, I'm the Impaired Grappler and welcome to my podcast. Today we have returning for the third time, Tom Barnett. So yeah, we talk about uh, the importance of breath, water and minerals, uh, deuterium depleted water, thirst, grounding, uh, talk about autohemotherapy, we talk about dentistry, we talk about energising seeds, uh, feasting, fasting and flowing, um, relationship with animals in the wild, uh, Babylon, social media and fear, especially uh, truth in fiction, uh, especially sort of the high technology that's been lost. And we we'll get into a few a few words from uh, Black's Law Dictionary. So I hope you guys enjoy and we'll catch you on the other side. Oos. Yeah, cool. So well, I'll just do the intro. Not that we really, really need one, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. Hi guys, I'm the Impaired Grappler and welcome to my podcast. Today we have back for the third time. It's Tom Barnett from uh free Queens uh free New South Wales. I'm getting my uh stakes mixed up. Um yeah, so how are you, Tom?
1: Good mate. Yeah, good to be here. How are you?
0: Good man, I like that. um, yeah, what's it like up there now? Like when I went up there, I, I got out just in time. Um Yeah. Well, I I went up during that window into New South Wales, but yeah, coming back and then a few weeks later, it was like full lockdown and yeah, and then they went a bit crazy up there. So um, yeah, what's it like up there? Just every day sort of on the street where you're at. Yeah. Compared to sort of- Pretty good. I mean, I
1: don't get out much, to be honest. I don't get a lot of time to go out much, but there's, you know, it's- there's too many people obviously being swept up in things, but there's still, it's pretty much how it's always been, to be honest. It's just a little bit more pressure out there at the moment, but it's only from what I'm seeing as well, because there's also a lot of good you know, a lot of good interactions going around, a lot more people waking up still, despite there being a sea of masks and things, there's tons of people waking up every day. So overall, it's positive.
0: Yeah, well, like every day, like you could go to the park for example, and like on the weekends and you can meet groups of people and sort of like-minded people and, yeah, I've um, socially distanced, of course, but I've met many people um, just the last few months, just made many new connections, um, even with the harsher lockdowns and then even, even like online groups, you know, like you've spoken before about, you know, Telegram, telegram groups and, um, yeah, and it's... And to be not, not to get stuck in all the sharing of, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. It's like, well, we know, we know everyone's shared all that stuff over the years. And like, it's good to have the resource there. But yeah, um, not sure where I was going with that. But, um, but I like how you've spoken before about Telegram and not to get stuck in all the negativity and just posting, posting, yeah. posting, and checking the post, check. Oh, but, and like, Telegram is great, but like, it's like if you follow a few pages, and just can get out of control as well so
1: yeah it's not that healthy it's way too easy for people to just see something and share it without even looking into it or just sharing it out of fear or sharing it out of whatever it is i've i don't do it i just uh i see what other people do because mm. they try to fill up my inbox inbox with stuff and i never watch any of it because it's all crap so it's just yeah. i think it's something people need to get out of the habit of You know, people say that if no one watched the news, there'd be no such thing as COVID. Mm -hmm. But likewise, all the people in the alternative, if they stop sharing so much, like just stuff, won't swear at it, but if there's just, if they stop sharing all that around, I think they'll find their lives a lot better as well because the fear level will be nowhere near where it is now. I think people are self-creating it. Yeah, there's some stuff going on, but if you won't, Getting so embroiled in it, you'd be operating at a different level, and you wouldn't be in that fear level.
0: Yeah, because like a uh, well, I, I do feel there's like that. There's a uh, well, there's like a negative energy in the air. So it's like if you if you like go into it, then it's like then it gets more and more, and it's like fed in by all the news and everything around us. And yeah,
1: yeah. Well, they create it. They create it, but we have to do it. We're the ones, they just make it as an offer. They want to create fear, so they put a few things in place, but it's us that makes it. Like, mm. they don't make it fearful, we do. So they just put up a few, you know, here's a boogeyman and here's a Dracula and here's a, you know, yeah, here's a devil yeah. thing and then people get scared, but they don't have to. So they don't create the fear, we do.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's so- like um if we keep just in if we keep interacting then we can buy into the fear and it's like oh my god the truckies are gonna go and strike yeah go truckies and then it's like then they don't then they do then it's like you don't know what's happening um but it's just keeping that battery going as um says like of negative and positive and the polarity and the you know Mm -hmm. the left and the right and the two you know just keeping um everything uh the negative energy flowing through society and yeah and I think we can actually do do that same thing with positive energy and let that cascade through society um, and just like a lot of ways that we could like easily do that. Like I don't know if, you saw, if you've seen Hicks and Gracie like with his new book that he's been going around talking about with Breathe where it's um oh, is
1: that, no i haven't seen that one yeah he's got
0: a new book and it's like oh, okay cool because <laughs> so, yeah i just saw it come out of nowhere it's like oh wow shit because you know i haven't don't really pay that much attention online but then it's yeah i've seen a few of his interviews and he talks about the the breath um you can't go without breath for five minutes then you can't go without it, uh, water for a week and then you can't go without food for a, a month so it's like the breath is super important and um Yeah, and he and he talks about using it to hyperventilate and actually have a physical impact on his body with his hormonal levels and his internal levels and all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, And yeah, just like um, with regards to breathing, you can just take five minutes a day and breathe. Um, You can do grounding as well, but like these sort of things that at the base level, get the air right, then get the water right, get the Food right. Um, and that's like with the city life in Babylon, we're getting uh more synthetic and more more fake kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but if you go more into the natural, um yeah, what what are your thoughts on that with regards to the you know the importance of that? And then what would you put after food? Like as important as like safety or shelter or community. Um yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's Jesus, I forget his name. It's Maslow or Haslow or someone. He's got a hierarchy of needs. Yeah. So there's safety and security. There's, there's love. There's a lot of other things in there. Forget what they are. I think there's five of them. I mean, these are great. These are, these hierarchies are really good for people to get a uh, entry into what it's like to be balanced as an individual. But once you've gone past that point, it's kind of the hierarchies that uh, as a uh, as necessary because you find that they all come back around on each other anyway. So I think they're really good for awareness for people to become more, yeah, self-aware, to become more self-aware. So it's funny though, because minerals, if you go without minerals for uh, you know <laughs> less than a minute, you're going to die. So it's, it's actually, there's ones that are before air as well. The breath, it, although it's super important. And that's why I have the motto for my website, which is life in every breath. I really yeah. like, centering myself with that phrase or that uh, mantra if you want to call it that because it reminds me to be centered within myself and to breathe the life energy in with every breath because we take so many breaths each day that we're not even aware of and when we become aware of the breath that's when we become more centered and self-aware
0: yeah well that's like that little poem that you have which um which is pretty cool Life in every breath but I don't know if you want to say it, but yeah, like, um, what is it? Life in every breath, beauty in every step, on every moment, and embrace every test. Mm-hmm. And that's <clears throat> that's kind of like a. There's a lot of depth to what <laughs> to that little poem. So you know, it's pretty, yeah. Pretty like, so breath is the air, and you can talk about that. And then the uh, beauty in every step. It's like embrace the movement move flow the flow that you talk about um mm. on oh, every moment of gratitude like you need the gratitude to be humble otherwise you know the ego can yes yeah, so i'm just saying like that that little poem and embrace every test it's like you know don't put things off tomorrow and never comes kind of thing learn from your experience that, that's sort of what i take from that and yeah yeah
1: yeah totally it's um i wrote that just because didn't write it for any particular reason. It was just for me. And I just wanted to embody what I wanted to encapsulate what I was feeling was really important for me mm. because I needed a reminder to, uh, you know, especially when you go through a lot of difficulty, you need a reminder to embrace that and not run from it. So that was the embrace and to see it as a test because it's only through being tested that we actually, you know, like in jiu-jitsu, you've got to be tested, mm. right? I mean, how it's part of the game. It's part of the growth and as it is with all parts of life, like my jiu instructor always says that jiu is a metaphor for life. Like mm. everything that he goes, it's even funny because we pay him out in class because he just mm. goes, yeah, see, that's like jiu is good for that. Mm. jiu is good for that. <laughs> it's just like anything, washing your dishes, washing your clothes, jiu is good for that. He's a little bit too obsessed with it. But one of the things that I brought a friend to their first lesson And uh, they were trying to escape from side control by turning away. And Reese, my instructor, he says, no, no, no. you got to turn into your partner. you got to face your problems. He goes, it's much like life. You've got to face your problems, turn into them. And she thought that was the best thing. That was the best thing she got out of that lesson. And it's true. There are a lot of similarities between the metaphors for training, whether it's jujitsu or something else, and then the way that it's more fruitful to approach life.
0: Yeah, well that's it. That's um yeah, it's like when Professor Sauer talks about it. Yeah, yeah. it's just uh jujitsu, yeah, it's the same thing, metaphor for life and uh jujitsu and everything. Uh, you know, you, you use jujitsu with my wife, you jujitsu with jujitsu with business, jujitsu here. Someone rings up, it's jujitsu, jujitsu, jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's it's kind of like that old joke, how do you know someone does jujitsu? What's that? What's uh, that? How? Uh, uh, they'll tell you, in, they'll tell you within five minutes, but I'm um, that's <laughs> more that's uh, the same
1: as that. How do you know someone's a, a vegan? They'll yeah,
0: tell yeah. you, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it works for veganism, works for triathlons or triathletes, yeah. it works for CrossFitters, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but um, pretty much everything, yeah, it, whatever everyone's excited in, and they're very exciting, <laughs> exciting things to get into, but um, yeah, yeah, and just uh, just with regards to water, then, um. I'm not sure if I've heard you talk about uh, the uh, deuterium. Have you looked into the oh, deuterium? research? Yeah, but, yeah, no, yeah I don't
1: talk about it much, but I'm aware of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Is this something you're using?
0: N- no, I was actually sort of getting into it before COVID. Um, I was looking into it um, quite heavily, and like it just sort of sort of went on the back burner from COVID. But yeah, it was a pretty interesting topic with regards to the mitochondrial cells and how um, it's not just an energy cell, it's a metabolic water producing um, mechanism. So it gives deuterium free metabolic water, which is pure H2O. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, So like, just what are your thoughts on that? Have you, what have you heard of it? Um,
1: Well, you know, it's like a lot of things. There's, In theory, there's some merit to it, but there's also if you are too isolated in what you're looking at, it can appear like it's really amazing. But when you look at it in a holistic sense amongst all the other systems and what water is and what it does and um, what pure, if if it's just depleted water, it's um, the theory is sound in isolation. But in my experience, it's not it's not really uh it doesn't have as beneficial effect and it can take away from other systems and uh, same with your um distilled water and all the other waters that people come out with if you take parts out of it if you take something that's whole and then you deplete it of something it's no longer what it was so then it's very hard to find that in nature as well because it's always got minerals it's always got some kind of osmolality to it it's got an ionic charge to it that's made by nature and that's why i always say that it's best to get most of your water from foods anyway because it's bound properly by co-nutrients enzymes uh, ionic charge the right osmolality to be bioavailable to the body it's not necessarily a bad thing and i've got mates that are right into all of that and they swear by it but Mm. they also don't have any significant problems you know they could do the same thing with almond milk and then just if they're excited about it, you know, like how do you know someone drinks, uh, you know, ionic water or something, they'll tell you about it. It's because yeah. they're excited about it. And that excitement and that, you know, I'm dedicated and invested in this, that's what gives them the feeling that I'm feeling great. You know, I'm alive. I've got lots of energy. But the same thing comes from being excited about anything. So I'd, I'd just say I'd, I'd say if you wanted to go ahead, it's certainly not going to kill you. I think you should try it if it's something that is, you know, appealing to you, but does it have a really amazing global effect? I haven't seen it personally, especially when you look at the whole, the whole system, when you look Mm. at everything that it does, I haven't seen so much benefit, but I've seen what I can describe as placebo benefit, which is Mm. people being very focused, uh, feeling very healthy, feeling very good about things, but I'm pretty sure that that's because they're just excited about what it is that they're doing.
0: Yeah. Well, I know a couple of people that well, they were doing it um, a couple of years ago. But um, yeah, it's they're doing so many other things that it's like, how do you know what health benefit when you know you're you're using like red light therapy and like all these yeah. products and uh, modalities and yeah, it's like eating eating sort of natural they're taking these supplements and that then it's mm-hmm. like wait what, what thing is working <laughs> if you're yeah. saying you feel better it's like i feel great because i'm taking i'm doing all this like fantastic stuff but it's like which yeah. one is doing it appeals anything? to
1: biohackers you know mm. people that are into biohacking and they're doing yeah. like a hundred different things like you say so then you never know what the thing is that is doing the benefit to you or even if it's just your excitement about it all in general because if you think about what people do in that space they generally don't stick at anything for 10, 20 years. Hmm. Like today it's, it's, today it's this water, tomorrow it's that water, the next day it's lemons, the next day I'm going vegan for three weeks, the next day, oh, I'm only eating meat, and then the next day I'm going on this machine. And then all of these different things, they cycle through so many times that you just never know because the human organism is uh, it definitely runs on cycles and obviously within seasons. But then if you haven't done something for at least seven years, you can't actually tell that that's the thing that's doing you the good, because that's how long it takes for the body to completely go through a a changeover. And we do run in seven year cycles as a general rule as well. So when somebody hasn't done a way of eating or a way of being or a lifestyle for at least seven years, preferably 10 or more for me, anyway, if I'm going to listen to someone, I'm not really that interested in it because it's interesting as an idea But to me, it's not tried, tested and proven until it's been done absolutely to the letter for at least seven years. And I don't see many diets or protocols or lifestyle regimes or anything that people are doing. Generally, like a few weeks, they go, I feel great, I'm going to write a book, I'm going to do a blog, is the new thing.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I did carnivore for a couple of months, but like I did it my way, which is like all beef products. So it's like the bone broths and the my um, jerky and just every, every cut of the, I, I could of the meat, um, ribs, everything. And, but also salt, ghee and kale. So it was like four ingredients. Um, and I felt great for a month. And then I was adding one, one ingredient at a time to, to it's like a, what do you call it? Um, those diets where you start with nothing, and then start adding, anyway, I started adding, at um, mm-hmm. a time, then I found that broccoli um, broccoli made my stomach uh, affected my stomach. But then, then I realised broccoli and beef don't mix well together. So it's like, um, but when I was doing that, I actually felt the best. I had a geographic tongue. Um, if you if you can see there, so with and all the white stuff, and there was the first time in my life that the white stuff had all gone, and there was like. Mm-hmm. And I felt great. And but then I went overseas and it was uh, very hard to keep up to the such a strict diet when well, I was in Greece uh, a few years ago. But yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, there's been doing a lot of intermittent fasting as well. But that's probably the only thing in terms of diet I've been doing for long term, probably maybe going on three, four years now. And I mm-hmm. find that's good, but maybe I need to change that. But um it's not even
1: it's not necessarily eating the same foods because Mm. you generally don't do that anyway because your body does adapt and you do need to meet the needs of your body because if you just go by this is the right diet and you Mm. only stay on those foods Mm. and it's a mental thing it's not really the right way to go what i'm Mm. talking about is you know uh things like a specific type of water or a specific supplement or a specific way of eating so as in i'm cutting out all of these food groups, like I'm only being vegan or I'm only eating meat or something like that. It's not mm. saying that you don't change between having broths or uh, raw stuff or cooked stuff. Mm. It's, um, yeah, I should clarify that. So what I mean is that if you cut out entire food groups for seven years, then you can tell me that it's, mm. you know, seven <laughs> to 10 years, then yeah. you can say that it's working all right. But your, your diet within how you eat will still vary. You know, the amount of fat will increase, decrease, whether it's raw or cooked, like those ratios may increase, decrease, or if you go all raw or all cooked, you know, it's just, there's variations within that. But what I'm talking about is a specific constant Mm. where it's only this type of water. I never have spring water. I never have anything else. It's only this type of water. And then see if that has a negative or positive effect after seven years.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it's also. Um, I going to add something up. Did you, with regards to the water um, and getting it from foods. Like when I was doing triathlons, they they say when you when you're thirsty, it's too late. Obviously, that's during a sporting event, but it's like, can you, like, with regards to thirst, is the best thing uh, would, would be to have fruit, something like that.
1: Well, I mean, the idea that it's too late when you're thirsty is kind of silly because it's, I don't know, it's just saying that your whole mechanisms in your body are all backwards, they're broken. Mm. So you've got Mm. to preempt nature, which you don't have to do. I know that the theory, because that's what you learn when you do sports medicine and Mm. science and nutrition is you learn that if you're, if you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated. But I think that's in reference to your, if you're thirsty, you need water and if you're dehydrated you need water. I think that's what they mean. To say that you're like dehydrated isn't it's a negative thing, it's too late, that's really uh, taking things a bit far. So I mean obviously if you're doing a lot of exercise, you're going to be thirsty more regularly, but you just drink and then you're good, then you're not thirsty. Mm. It's not like you've got chronic dehydration which is an actual condition that is harmful. It's just mm. you're thirsty yeah. and then it replenishes immediately. So that's it's a little bit um I don't think it's a good way to teach people in that system the way they tell people it's too late. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're doing damage.
0: Yeah. It's like it's like, oh no, I'm thirsty. And then then you're trying to do a race and you're like all downhill now. Oh no, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Oh no, my whole race is ruined. I can't. How am I gonna get you know, oh no, oh no, there's a cramp. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, how's my performance going to be optimum if I'm thirsty? Because if I'm thirsty, I'm dehydrated. If I'm dehydrated, my performance isn't going to be optimal. It's just that yeah. whole mental cycle. cycle will kick in. And it's there for a reason. I mean, that yeah. whole system is not there to serve us. So it's there. It's just, it's a bit ridiculous. So anyway, yeah, if yeah. you're going to be drinking during an event, that's fine. If you want to be more hydrated, you have something that is more electrolyte in nature, yeah. which is something with like lemon in it, for example, honey, maybe a sprinkle of salt, something like that. But not artificial uh, electrolyte drinks like Gatorade and Powerade and things like that. That yeah, I, I've never seen anything that colour in nature, so yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be drinking that.
0: Yeah, the bright blues and
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah so um, with, uh, with what you were saying before, yeah, um, I keep I keep remembering, and then it just keeps. Uh,
1: The old slippery
0: brain. The old slippery brain. (laughs) Um, When we're talking about the, uh, oh yeah, it's like seasonal the um, your diet and and like how our body reacts as well. And like just like with the cold, with the winter recently in Melbourne, it's just been horrific. Well, say horrific, whatever. Um, Being a bit (laughs) hyperbolic, but uh, yeah, it's just been so cold and like. Yeah, with with my arthritis in my body, it's like, and because I'm so skinny, i am probably a few kilos less than I should be, but it's just been so cold, haven't been able to and just get stiff and move and just down mm-hmm. with the energy. And yesterday especially, and today, like the weather's been, you yeah, know, it's just changed way better. I've been I was in the garden barefoot, bare hands, mm-hmm. just so um like half the day yesterday, and it was just great. Yeah. I, didn't, I just went out to do a bit of grounding and it's like, oh, well, and yeah. here, started our weeding and it just felt good and was getting more and more energy as opposed to the last few months. It's been like less, I've, I've been drained of energy every time I go to the garden or um, go sort of thing, go outside with the winter, with the cold. Yeah. And, like the sun's good, but then the, when the clouds come in, it's been really freezing. Um, yeah. And it's like, but I think the seasonal aspect of put eating certain things like um, like how the Orthodox or the Christians, they fast and do Lent, but they'll do like a mm. feast and then do Lent and they have feasts on either side or whatever. Um, but they'll do their, I guess, vegan um, diet for like a month or 40 days and then almost do like full carnivore kind of for a little bit. So it's like mixing up, I think. And like you said, we're adaptable, but it's like we, we sort of flow with the seasons. And yeah, I just thought, like, yeah, just want to add that. And like, your thoughts of flowing like that, like, in terms of...
1: For sure. Living. But some of that's not necessarily flowing. It's indoctrinated, as in they've written themselves, this is when we fast, this is when we <laughs> feast. So it's, it's more going... And, yeah, they are seasonal as well because they'll happen at certain times of the year. So... I mean, I think they're great, but it's the same thing as I said at the start with the hierarchy and you get the chart of the hierarchy of needs. They're good because they get you into a certain frame of reference and then once you've got that and you've lived that and you've embodied that, then it's time to move on to that flow, more flow state where you know you're, because your body is speaking to the environment itself and your body and the environment are agreeing Saying so now it's time to feast, now it's time to fast, now it's time to eat this sort of stuff, now it's time to eat that sort of stuff, as opposed to all right, April first comes around, now we eat this or we fast that. But it's valuable to begin with; it really is. And if I really do recommend, if people are anywhere near any of that yet, that you do go by a regime or a protocol or a you know a system of some kind that you follow, so that it does tap you into the mm. environment to a better degree and then it starts to be a dialogue. It's like when we're in a tribe, we're basically governed by the tribal mind and we don't step mm. outside of that because it threatens the, the safety or the security of the tribe or the mm. thing that you're in. But once you've gotten to that, you've gotten to know yourself, you've got skills, you've got connection, then it's time to step out because otherwise that tribal mind will hold you back. And then you've got to step out and be part of a greater mind. And connected to yourself more than just the tribe. So the same thing with protocols and charts and hierarchies yeah. of needs. Learn it for sure. Embody it and then move beyond that into your own state.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like make it make it your own. Yeah. It's like, well, if he, it's, it's no point just following someone uh, and just blindly just following, go, oh yeah, this is this, and just being dogmatic about it. It's about wait, like, why are we doing this and asking questions? And it's like understanding. Yeah. And then, like, observing and saying, okay, this is what happens in nature and and stuff. And yeah, so, like, you've been, you've been, um, you live more in the rural area in New South Wales, like, past, yeah, pretty much,
1: yeah, 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 inland a
0: bit, um. So, what have you had? Do you have a connection with the local animals, birds, or anything in the area that come visit you on a daily basis? And uh, just talk about that on the energetic level.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they visit me, maybe they do, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I love the black cockatoos are one of the Mm. ones that I have a really
0: Mm.
1: close connection with. And they're just, uh, they're pretty amazing for a lot of reasons. One is just the way that they move. I mean, they just, if you Mm. watch them, they're almost like, they're not even part of the same resonance as everything else. They just, they go, they've, they'll go in a group of three and they're flapping like this. And it's like, are you going in slow motion? What's the go? Because the other birds are just going f- f- flapping everywhere. And these ones are just cruising through almost like they're in a different medium. Mm. It's like they're in a thicker kind of air or something where they barely have to flap their wings or anything like that. I mean, yes. even an eagle, eagle will glide mm. really mm. well, but they still flap more than a black cockatoo. And, yeah, um, yeah their, their call, their voice, everything about them is just pretty special. Got tawny yeah. mouse that come around a lot. They're really cool. They're very, uh, you know, I don't know, there's something about them. They're very cool. wise or ancient or mm. something. They've got a lot of presence about them. And plenty of snakes. The snakes are always a sign of something. It's always something when you've got a snake around or you sighted a snake, there's always something in that. And, yeah, I've had a few snake dreams recently as well. Those are always quite telling. So, yeah, plenty around here. It's definitely a great place. I just can't imagine, you know, being around cities or whatever where people just aren't seeing animals. They're not having that natural mm. interaction with the environment because once you're around it and you've connected to it, it's just you go, how can people just not? I don't remember actually... My friend, his partner does, she can speak uh, Cantonese and Mandarin and she does a lot of business with China and some kids come over from China and they're like six, seven years old, eight, even up to nine. They'll take them to the beach and then it's like they've never had their shoes off before. They don't even know how to operate. Like, imagine that going that long without ever having your shoes off, like standing on something natural and then never seeing the stars before. Because in their cities, it's so light polluted. Mm. And they're seeing the stars for the first time and they're eight years old. And it just blows my mind to think that that could be a way that people are raised these days and not, they don't have this connection and affinity with animals and plants and the stars and everything else.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, I find that the the cockies. I get the white cockies that visit me. Um, they've got a lot of attitude, but they've all got different personalities. Uh, there's like, and they come in different groups. There'll be, there's usually one that's always there. And they'll come and like sit by the door and knock on the door. Um, sometimes they actually fly onto the screen doors and they're like waiting, yeah. pecking, waiting for us to come out. And, you know. You uh feed them, I- Allegedly. i got some seeds for them <laughs> um allegedly and but if i don't feed them they start they start decapitating my entire like every plant I've got yeah will go into my garden start to, you know they cut off my I bought a little fig tree they cut off the leaves of that um you know all yeah. the plants I think around. It's also the over.
1: fact that like with birds, with kookaburras and magpies and other birds, you can literally hand feed them after not a long time, you know, you mm. start giving them some food and a wild bird, they can just, they'll come and take it out of your hand. I think it's amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they have personalities, but the magpies, you know, there's magpies that come as well. It's like a whole bloody, and then the minor birds come and there's like, it's like battles and dancing going on in the sky. Then you see the ravens come. It's like a whole, it's like yeah. an orchestra. Um and like when you uh, plant seeds, do you ever put the seeds in your mouth? And like yeah, the, and, most of the time. Yeah, so like, can you talk about the how to, that imparts the energetics?
1: Yeah, well, I mean the the theory goes that I mean seeds need to germinate, and they generally germinate in moisture like that. So if you put them in your mouth and you have them there for enough time, it can help them to get the signal to germinate and when your dna is imparted through the saliva to the seed itself it gets some communication and so then it picks up a little bit on your resonance so then when it does sprout and then it grows into its plant it has some memory of you so then because it's Its profile is in relation to the environment, which is in relation to the water that falls on it through the rain, the amount of sunlight it gets, the nutrient profile of the soil. And it basically is in a a dance with that and it grows in a specific way that is in, in relation to its environment. And so when it's had our energetics imparted into it, that is part of its environment, us, especially if we're around it and we water it and we talk to it. And we mm. might pee on it or spit mm. on it or something like that, and then it's still where part of its environment. So what it will produce will be of benefit to us more so than if it's just a random plant from somewhere else, and it hasn't got our imprint in it. Hmm. Is that your yeah. understanding of it? Yeah. As well? yeah,
0: yeah. It makes sense, but um, I mean, yeah. How do you, how do you obviously prove this thing? But yeah, it's like why not? <laughs> And if it can can help it,
1: German,
0: I say that's
1: how the story goes because Mm. we don't necessarily really know. But (laughs) at the same time, I would rather in my, because what we carry, what we project is the reality essentially. So if our reality is being projected from a greater connection to the plant, that can only be a benefit because the connection to it is, well, I should say, the disconnection to things in nature is part of what causes our dis-ease in life. So if we can cultivate a greater connection, whether germinating seeds in your mouth is a real thing or not, I'd still rather live that way because it gives me and I can project that greater connection.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and then it's like, yeah, uh, and if you make your own soil, like it's just worked with everything, the more energy you put in, the, um, it's like with business, like with life, relationships um yeah energy in energy out kind of thing have you yeah. um there's a i'm not sure if you've heard of, there's a website called opensourceecology.org i'm not sure if you've seen no. that. it's um basically it's like this kind of um basically 3d it's like a 3d printing workshop that will they teach you how to like basically builds um Tractors and like farming equipment, um, with a three D printer and with machine shop and um, like on the way cheaper. Basically, like um, uh, yeah, in case if civilization ends or if the internet ends, and you've got this this resource, you can build and you can fix all your farm equipment without actually having to rely on German engineering or something else. You know, Um, and they've got like open source um, plans, but yeah, I'm not sure if you've heard of uh and them or if there's anyone that does that similar sort of thing here uh in australia when, when they do workshops and stuff um i think so okay. there's,
1: i mean i hear similar things but i just don't know anyone personally i've got mm. a few mates that are right into that into they've they're doing 3d printing and they're using things like hempcrete and aircrete mm. and Well, they're combining hempcrete and aircrete, and they're doing a lot of things like that. I think it's a really good way forward for something that's makes things affordable and efficient. And uh, but at the end of the day, I'd still rather build something with my hands out of Mm. mud and. I just, I that's just me though, you know. Like I really think that um, earthships are a great idea, Mm. which is where you're building from just junk, tires, and all that. But at the end of the day, I don't want to live in something like rubber tires. I want to live in something that's natural comes from the earth and but i still think it's a great idea so i yeah. also think 3d printing things is a is an amazing idea especially if it's for you know automotive parts
0: yeah awesome. yeah, yeah yeah so you're, you know you can be self-sufficient in, in your own little bloody environment without having to yeah and yeah you know, that sort of stuff is going to be more important in the, in the coming yeah. times yeah
1: yeah, I've got this idea that that's what people used to do. You know, how there's been a lot of other civilizations and the technology mm. and the, mm. everything is like hidden somewhere from us, the Illuminati and whoever else has got that. But I reckon that that's what they've done in other times is they've had that ability. I mean, they show it all the time in movies and mm. uh, what's that show? Rick and Morty and Futurama yeah. and... Those cool. kinds of shows, they not just have like this laser gun thing that they just go, they beam mm. something and it just creates something for them, either a portal or a car or mm. something. It just makes it. And I'm just thinking they haven't just made that up out of thin air. <laughs> I mean, that's come from somewhere. That's something that we've been able to do and can do now but is hidden from us. I think 3D printing is just, uh, you know, a vestige of that. And I really think that that's highly possible and what's happened a lot before.
0: Yeah, well, like when you got buildings that were allegedly built a hundred years ago that go six six to ten stories underneath the roads, you start to wonder what's going on. Um, yeah. the, <laughs> and they got windows underneath the grounds for some reason. But um mm. yeah, it's like we could we could probably do a yeah, so I heard heard your talk with uh, Campbell from Autodidactic. Um yeah, it was a uh, interesting that was a good show but yeah the, like, yeah i love the whole i'm just obsessed with the whole tartarian and the, the mud flood um story and it's like it just doesn't make sense the everywhere you look in history it's just like like even anything in this reality really like you look at science you look at medicine you look at you know like the um world politics and you look at uh everything and it's just all like it's just all the uh, facade, you yeah. know. But, um, yeah, it's all lies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, yeah. Um, have you heard of auto hemotherapia? Uh, the what, sorry? Auto hemotherapy or hemotherapy. Um, it was, it was one of those, um, there was a doctor in Brazil that was doing doing it a while ago, and he was like, you take the blood out of the arm and inject mm-hmm. it like into the muscle in the butt, and apparently yep. it's like, um, and it's all illegal and stuff, uh, suppressed and yep. that, but, um, and I think people are doing it with their animals, veterinary science at the moment, But um, or they were, but uh, I'm not sure, uh, it was Dr. Louise Mora, I think, it was it was doing in brazil that was helping people but yeah um it's basically take the blood out of the out of the uh, out of the vein and put it into the um muscle And the theory was it's supposed to produce an inflammatory reaction but it's because it's your own blood it's not going to be it's not going to be rejected and yeah i used to get like, that done uh about
1: 15 years ago i used to experiment with that yeah. but we also did it with a um, a homeopathic solution I'll put it that way so what we do is you would you would take blood from somewhere one side of the body whichever side you took it from you would inject it into the other so you would take mm-hmm. out about that much blood into a syringe and then you could either just put that into your body or we would actually mix it with something else mix it with a solution. And then inject that usually into the glute of the other side, in the other side of the body. And uh, then look, I think it's—I'd never had autoimmune conditions, and I think it's usually more suited to something like that. It's a way to just kind of trick the body in some way to react to itself as a, a in an autoimmune way, but in a way that is uh, brings down the inflammation. So. Uh, yeah, I'm only, I'm not super familiar with it. I mean, I have experimented with it, but I haven't looked at it long-term as a, as a protocol for people who have certain conditions, but I know it does have merit for
0: sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, like (laughs) that's more information than I could probably get from anyone else about it. At least you, you've tried it. So that's like, that's, and you've got experience with it. So that's a main thing. So
1: yeah, I learned that from a European doctor. Not
0: Um, an Australian one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, like this is from going to Brazil and, like, um, just hearing about it and then it's like, well, I wonder if there's merit to that. Um, And, yeah, you can't find anything in English in that. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so um, you just want to get into a bit of the the medical stuff, like a bit more, like, into, like, dentistry and um, just naturally, like, well, even within the main... uh, the scientific, the mainstream science, there is merit to the teeth being able to diagnose future or like other parts of your body, and that and then but then you can go into the sort of eastern sort of philosophies where they you know like with the meridian points or whatever with the teeth. So can you talk about um, a modern dentistry and B sort of the importance of teeth in be able to diagnose or understand our bodies?
1: Yeah, so every tooth is connected to a meridian in the body. And if you have certain conditions with different parts of the teeth and different in different areas, it can definitely show up. The same way, it's like iridology. The eyes can show where various um, inconsistencies within the body might be or they can also show where there's a predisposition for something to occur that hasn't yet occurred. Teeth are like that. Uh, the brain itself mostly does detoxify through the mouth, as in through the teeth and the gums, the tongue. And the teeth themselves, if there's any kind of misalignment, it can really cause the nervous system a lot of stress. So that's why sometimes if you've got something that's wedged between your teeth, for example, and then you kind of like, will be trying real hard. And it's like, oh, I've got to get that out. It's oh. really annoying. Yeah. And some people will even make their tongue bleed trying to like uh, get something out from between their teeth, because as soon as the teeth, the alignment is moved. Like let's say you've got something wedged up between teeth, and it's moved the alignment, it's changing the meridians, and it's cha- it's got a massive effect on the that's, nervous system. So like the,
0: the energy levels being sort of disrupted there.
1: Exactly, it's almost like your balance, your yeah. um, you know, it's almost like it's off. And so as a diagnostic tool, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I mean, if you look at what, uh, you know, horse trainers do, they're dealing with multiple millions of dollars in horses as Mm. in for horse racing. And they'll always look inside the mouth of a potential horse before they decide it's going to be bought for X number of millions Mm. of dollars because it shows the health of the overall body. How are the teeth? How is the structure? How are they decayed? What's the state of the mouth and the teeth and the gums? That's a really good indication as to the health of the body. Is so, yeah. And then likewise, uh, improving the dental health can, in some ways, improve the health of the, uh, the rest of the body as well, especially if you're concentrating specifically on healing certain parts of the teeth, either a discoloration or uh, a decay or a cavity or a misalignment or something
0: like that. And what what is healing it?
1: What's what? What's healing what,
0: what? What is healing the teeth, or what, what is like um, oh, yeah, to okay, keep I it clean, you're... or whatever? It's like okay, well, uh, alright, I'm sitting there with my Colgate toothpaste. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing a good job. Not that, I not that's not me, but I'm just just for argument's sake. <laughs> yeah, <do it. laughs> yeah d- brushing my teeth. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah, we'll keep it clean. yeah, probably not Colgate. Yeah, probably not Colgate, but. Uh, all right, well, so like a natural toothpaste, that's like whatever, um, or one you make yourself with bicarb or, or bake, whatever yep. baking soda, whatever. Or um, just in terms of keeping clean and whether or not are we doing damage to our to our teeth by trying them, keeping them clean and white.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting on that because it's really dependent on the the individual's lifestyle, because people say, well, my teeth are in better condition now because I've been brushing twice a day and flossing and everything else. But if we take a natural human in a natural environment, you basically don't brush your teeth. There's no point. You're not getting plenty of sugar on them. You're not having an imbalanced life as far as too much stress. You're not eating an imbalanced diet. You're not having chemicals put in your body, all of that. So what applies to just a human in its natural environment is different to what applies to us in our modern world. There's obviously carryover, but there are differences. So dental hygiene is actually still important in modern life to the degree to which you are out of balance of living a natural life. So therefore, if you're eating an unnatural diet, you're surrounded by non-natural things and you're overly stressed, then yeah, you're going to have to pay attention to dental hygiene specifically. But, uh, People in the natural environment don't brush their teeth twice a day and use toothpaste and floss their teeth and all that kind of stuff. So what can somebody do to keep their teeth in good condition? Well, yeah, you can brush, you can use natural toothpaste, either you buy natural toothpaste but most of that's got too many chemicals in it anyway, just making it out of things like coconut oil, coconut cream, clay, uh, herbs, um, essential oils, bicarb whatever you know you can make a good toothpaste out of that which can help at least keep them clean then on top of that you've got to watch the diet so things that aren't caustic to the teeth which means not too many things that are have too many acids in them i mean lemon juice has a lot of acid in it for example and so therefore even though it's natural it's actually good to rinse the mouth if you get too much citric mm. acid on your yeah. teeth well what about
0: the, the timing like say before you go to bed you can like not to have like a sugary drink or an acidic yeah. drink and then brush your teeth with a base because that's causing reaction on your teeth, like a chemical mm-hmm. reaction, like through you know, chemistry 101, acid and base. Yeah, you, know, you actually yeah. so is that that's actually also degrading the teeth as well, mate. Like, it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You want to make sure that you just rinse with water, for example. There the we'll get to the timing, it is important. Mm-hmm. So In general, though, you've got to make sure that you're not eating things that are just caustic to the teeth and then without at least rinsing the mouth. Secondary to that is that what happens when it hits your body because it's all about chemical reactions. So when you have too much, I think it's phosphoric acid. I can't remember. I mean, I learned this stuff 20 years ago. Whatever is in soda, basically. What happens is that when it makes the body highly acidic, it needs to return itself to alkaline. And what it has to do is use hydrogen to buffer that and also calcium. So then it'll leach that from your teeth and bones, but it will decay your teeth from the inside out rather than just it being on the teeth. So we've really got to watch the balance of things that we put in our body. And obviously, then the things that are natural are better than the things that are processed and unnatural and chemical driven because they will cause the teeth to decay. On top of that, general lifestyle stress, that's got to be kept low. For two reasons one we still need to use calcium and other minerals to buffer the stress which means drawing it from the teeth bones and other elements of the body and second of all because we can do things like grind our teeth at night or if we're mouth breathing a lot that can also decay teeth some people actually experience really good benefits from taping their mouth closed while they sleep then there's the way that we brush and sometimes too often so in ayurvedic practices they'll brush once a day not twice and then they will still clean their teeth but it will be done with oil pulling rinsing and certain chewing of certain herbs that freshen the mouth and tongue scraping yep tongue scraping but they don't like too much of this stuff is not Mm. actually good for the enamel so there's other ways to keep it clean such as oil pulling tongue scraping and chewing of certain herbs or using a mizwak stick which is just a uh a natural stick that's got fibrous bristles on it that you can use to just gently clean the teeth and uh definitely not putting fluoride in your mouth that's probably the worst thing you can put in there so yeah
0: yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, and timing, sorry. Yeah, timing. Yeah, so yeah. you've
1: got to watch the timing of things because if you brush too close to having food, for example, you're not going to allow the cycle of uh, bacterial action and then acidity and alkalinity to actually take place before you're just cleaning the surface of the teeth, you will actually you can actually do some damage. And like you said, acids and bases don't mix very well. Oof. So then if you go rinsing bicarb, for example, straight after lemon juice, might have a bit too much of a reaction on the teeth and Mm. can weaken the teeth. Uh, many other things, but that's just some.
0: Yep. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, um, a lot of, uh, yeah, you don't hear many people talking about that, that, so that's, that was good.
1: Um, and nutrition though, like it's not just not what to have, but the things that to have that are Mm. more beneficial, uh, obviously anything that's high in minerals. Anything that's mineral dense, super high in minerals, it's good for the teeth. And then specifically, if you can get vitamin K naturally in the diet, that's really good for healing cavities and tooth decay. The highest that I know of is raw butter oil, but there are other foods. If you just look up anything that's naturally high in vitamin K, that is specific to cavities in the teeth.
0: Hmm. All right. No worries. Um, And... uh, I think we've just got a few more minutes left. So I uh, just want to just touch on, um, so I mentioned that to you, Vareem, I wanted to maybe start a show or, uh, on uh, Black's Law Dictionary, just going through a yeah. few, few of the words, um, just idea. sort of explaining and uh, do a show on it. And, um, yeah, so I just want to, like, what are your, well, I'll say favourite words, but like the or most surprising words, or like some interesting words that you found through your research that like stick out to you. What are the two or three most um, ones that stand out to you the most in terms? As of in the, the real meaning of? As in the just the dramatic change, like the inversion of the meanings. Like,
1: yeah, right. Uh, well, the first one that I ever came across was understand. Uh, the yeah. first words were understand and government. Understand meaning to stand under, to give your authority away to the one that made an offer or to ask if you understand. Hmm. And then uh, government meaning govern to control and meant is, I think, Latin for mind. Whatever it is, Latin or whatever, Greek, whatever it is, it just means mind. So uh, so then to, to control the mind, essentially, that's what Ooh. government is. And those Ooh. are the first two that I learned. And I thought, oh, well, wow, this is super interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah So yeah. then... Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I guess one's that I've used to my benefit then are consent and perform. Uh these are just legal terms that relate to commerce. So I'm just trying to think of one that's been very empowering to use. I don't think one off the top of my head. It's just ones to avoid usually. Yeah, have you got any? Let me just do a quick search. I'm going to have a look in it. Have you got uh, any that you found that? You I really will just
0: like? obviously there's the person and the people. Like that's just the, the general standard one. That's like what is a person? Yeah. What are people and like, human? What is what is hue? Um, was a was a color of man or, um. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also
1: means monster instead yeah,
0: of definitions. Mon- yeah, so it's, it's almost like you almost think that that's a artificial intelligence definition um mm. yeah i mean i haven't really looked too much into it but just yeah understand like especially the last few weeks like it seems that everyone is talking about understand understand oh, i don't stand under you and i've heard that i've heard that not not just through our circles through other circles and through um just talking to people it's like oh you know the policeman said I oh, do you understand it's like no i don't stand, i don't stand, i don't understand no you know and um yeah, so I was watching well halfway through the one you did with Zev, where you were like, oh, I comprehend, I don't understand. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that just seems to be in the ether at the moment. A lot of people are catching on, grabbing onto oh, yeah. that one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, good. It's a good thing to do. I think it'd be cool if you did a little show on mm. the little terminologies. Black's law would be great. There's other law dictionaries that are still good. Even Butterworth, which is Australian, that might be worth going through as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, person was one of the ones I think that's most empowering actually now that Mm. I think about it that you brought up, yeah, because it's just everything other than a living man or Mm. a woman. It's like a bankrupt, a trustee in bankruptcy, a driver, Mm. citizen, Mm. ratepayer, taxpayer, uh resident, you know, all oh, of those co- words that you just go, oh, I've agreed to be in all of those in my lifetime before, yeah. mm. but none of those represent anything that's living, they all represent entities that are non-living. So yeah, that's probably one of the more empowering ones. And then oh, I reckon that would be it.
0: Mm. Yeah. Corpse oration and all well, that <laughs> Yeah. Cor-
1: yeah. Well, like, corporation is comes from the word corpse, which is a dead thing, and then orate is to speak. So, a corporation is essentially a dead man speaking, or an yeah. entity speaking. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Any final words you want to put out there for this one? Um, yeah, I've I probably didn't even touch a quarter of <laughs> of what I wanted to go through, but yeah, that's fine. We can do yeah. it. We can yeah. do more. Yeah, yeah. That was a good info there. So I'm glad with that. I'm happy with that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's always uh, I'll always like your questions. You ask more. Uh, you ask some deeper questions, which is good. And yeah, I mean, to leave people with anything, it's it's really just to be uh, embodied in this experience of what is happening now. I think too many people, like you said earlier, they're getting too caught up in their social media and events that are going on and filling themselves with fear. It's really not helpful in any way mm. or useful. And that whole part of going through something that is structured is an important aspect and then coming out of that into a flow state. I think Mm. that's really important for people to go through as a process. So whether that be a regimented training structure like Tai Chi or Jiu Jitsu or something that's regimented and then coming through that or learning about a hierarchy or learning about fasting and when to do it on a cycle And then going through that to become part of the process and then through that you become, you are relinquished from that. And likewise, there are some things you might have to do to get through what we're going through in the world because it's a control thing and then you can come through that into being embodied completely in yourself and completely autonomous. So having that experience though is really important. I think a lot of people are almost, I don't want to have this experience but it's here to have it. It's not really going away anytime soon. So I think the more people can embrace it and then use some tools to move through it. Like maybe they're going to do breath work for five minutes or 10 minutes a day, like you suggested, or maybe it's learning about um, diet better or learning about something better, learning some legal definitions, something that's a structure to be able to move into this experience and then to come through it into a much greater degree of fluency and self-recognition and uh, the whatever is the opposite end of the spectrum to fear. Why <laughs> hmm. is that like love, but I just to move away from that state of being. And that's I think that process is really important to do that.
0: Hmm. That's well said. <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, I I agree. That's um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So cool. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks Tom. Thanks. Thanks for that. And um yeah, we'll we'll catch you on the other side. Um. Yeah. Alrighty guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tom as much as I did. Yeah. Uh be sure to check out Tom's website, Tom Be sure to check out uh his other socials when they're up. And be sure to check out my socials, comment down below, hit that like, subscribe, share, all that jazz. And yeah, we'll catch you next time. Hey, man. Nice to have hey. a
1: Good. Can you hear Quite me? A sneaky entrance.
0: Yeah. Well, I've got a snake on my thing, so it's uh, applicable. Nice. Um, so I just want to get this screen all ready. How are you, man?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Yeah, good. Good. Yeah, a lot's happened since last time we spoke. <laughs> it's, uh, a lot more h- harsher lockdown.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah, do you know what you want to go through today?
0: Um, yeah, I've got a few things, um, yeah, I want to like touch a few things, like uh, a little bit on water, but like on a few different topics that I don't think you've spoken about. Um, a, a bit to do with Babylon and uh a couple of medical things and but yeah, m- mostly yeah, cool. sort of natural things and sort of but uh, gearing everything towards solutions. Um kind of we can just while well, everyone's uh Yeah, in such a negative state on that. So yeah, that's kind of yeah. Yeah, I liked your
1: questions last time. How how good?
0: No worries. How different.